Nick has, uh, has mentioned, we're even, um, it's neat to come back consistently to a place. And that's one reason we're so excited about this church's investment in Nigeria. And just as six weeks ago, Nick, you came to, to GBC Taylor's and reported about the work. And um, Eugene Peterson wrote a book about perseverance in the faith called something to the effect of a long walk in the same direction. And it's amazing when we consistently um, are sowing seed the same direction, uh, what, what comes of it. I realize now you guys are so friendly when Cheryl and I come back here, just David, David, where are you right there? David spoke to me and Lee and I were talking about when we came in 2013, the summer, Lee had just kind of moved in the area. Then he and Becky got married a year ago, and then I had a chance to meet Jay and their, their other daughter last summer, and thinking, then coming, and then Russ and Heather, I'm starting to make some connections. Gary and Melissa, I'm starting to rem- Tris and wait, don't say it. It's all right. Your wife, but Caleb, I just heard that Caleb and Quinn are getting married, and all of a sudden, these bonds start kind of building. We just met Sean moving here from from, uh, Pittsburgh. Welcome to the South. Try to pick up an accent while you can. But God is building his church here in Rincon and in farther away places like Beijing. And so this morning, what I'd like to do, I want to be clear about the mission. When do we need to be done? 1030? 1045. Okay. So I would like in our time for you guys to feel like you can engage Cheryl and I in conversation, to have questions. Part, part of my objective on, a, on some level is to give a report to you guys about what's going on in Beijing. But on another level, it is to spur you on to think of your role, of how your life and your story intersects God's greater story, the story of redemption. And uh, just a year ago, in fact, Sam and Jesse, when were you guys? Uh, did you, were you the month of June? July. Okay. So it was just 11 and a half months ago that Sam and Jesse came back after basically investing about four, almost, almost a month, four weeks, almost a month in Beijing. We're so thankful to this church for sending them. And um, they really are remembered with joy in Beijing. So before we um, progress just a little bit, I want to ask you to turn in your Bible uh, to the book of Revelation to chapter 5, and I think a passage that, that most of us are familiar with, but just a reminder of This great scene in verse 9, when John just completely flipped upside down by what he's seen, and then he's, he says he begins to weep, actually in verse 4, he begins to weep because he realizes that no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look in. And into it, he says. But one of the elders in this scene says, look, weep no more. 
Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And John sees this lamb standing, he says, as though it had been slain. And then you come on down to verse 9, and there's this song that reverberates, he says, and these four living creatures and the 24 elders had fallen down before the Lamb. And they're each in possession of a musical instrument. Look at this. And golden bowls full of incense. And John says, this is the song that he witnessed them singing. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Theologian John Murray says that to redeem something is to purchase its freedom by payment of a ransom price. Something that's not free, that's bound, that's in bondage, is freed by the exacting of a ransom and the payment of a ransom price. And here John says the song is exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, this lamb who had been standing as though he was slain. And he says, the song exalts him that though and through his death, though he was slain, and yet through his death, he ransomed with his blood people from every tribe and language and people and nation from all the corners of the globe. And more than that, John says, the words of the song say that not only have they been ransomed, but as the redeemed, they become this kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. We witness in China what you witness here in Effingham County, in Rincon, just 11, I was counting this, you guys live about 11 minutes from the South Carolina, Georgia state line. I said, sure, I didn't realize Nick and Felicia live so close to our home state. Kind of got excited about that. So we really are close neighbors, okay? But what God is doing, the echoes of this song that we read in Revelation 5, 9 and 10, what he's doing here. He's doing in North Central Nigeria. He's doing in a mega city like Beijing, 6,400 square miles, 20, 25 million people, half a million expats, Chinese representing all 27 provinces. God is doing. He's committed to doing, and we are witnesses to it. We are privileged to be part of that. So I want you, can we run this, Gary? I just want you to watch a little. Cheryl's put this together about our journey to the Far East in China, Zhongguo, Beijing. That's where we live. 
And just real quickly, we've just completed our second year there and have committed to at least another two more two years. And uh, without further ado, I want just let's watch and then we'll talk a little bit more. Who saw something that you thought, maybe you've seen some of these same pictures from a year ago. Who saw something that made you kind of think, I wonder about that, or I relate to that, or that must be difficult, or I'm curious about that. Did anyone see anything that you thought, that's kind of, hadn't noticed that before. It's okay. Just curious. I'd like this to be an interaction. I do want you guys to be able to ask questions about our life there. Um, so I want you to think to, to give me some feedback but I want to tell you just a few things uh, some lessons from this past year the, a year ago I think I brought nine or ten things we learned in that first year but I want to give you just a few takeaways from the second year and number one is that there is no substitute for going there's no substitute for incarnating the gospel we must live with people. Uh, it's not to say that we cannot bring benefit or benefit ourselves from a distance. But to live with people, to be able to live in their time zone, to call them, to rise when they rise, to go to sleep when they go to sleep, to be able to travel and share a meal with them, to breathe the same air that they breathe. Um, There's no substitute. Number one, we must incarnate the gospel. Number two, um, there is no substitute for learning the language of the people among whom you live. And even though the primary focus of our ministry is expats, we benefit greatly from learning and continuing to learn Chinese. Even on the way up here yesterday, on the way down from Greenville yesterday, we were playing our Chinese tapes. And it was just funny to listen to Cheryl and I try to say the words and say, okay, that means so-and-so, you know. Um, There's no substitute for learning the language of the people among whom you live. And as a byproduct, if you're young here, if you're under the age of youngness, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even say that. If you're, under, if you're under 25, let me especially have your attention just for a moment. Do you want to be a world citizen? Do you want to live as a world Christian? Learn another language. Go home and tell mom today or dad, I want to learn a second language. If you could learn five languages, and you, it was guaranteed that if you begin learning tomorrow, that, so July 20th, 2015 was day one, what five languages would you like to be absolutely competent and fluent in? Okay, let's just have some votes real quickly today, based on what you know. Are we good with English? Does that make our list? Okay, good. Well, most of us are already accomplished here. Let's, let's fill in four more. Josh, give me one. Yeah. There are America's neighbors. They're right. So many Spanish speaking nations. Very good. And among us. I have coworkers that I can't 
Got it. Got it. That's right. Okay, thanks, Tris. Good. Great. So we're English, Spanish. Okay, great. Good. Mandarin. Very good. Okay. How about a fourth? It gets a little tougher after this. I'll say Japanese because I work in Bison. Amen. Amen. That, tell me your name. Ken. Ken, that's a, I want you to hold that point because that's actually a great segue into one of my other points I want to get to in just a minute. So remember what Ken just said. All right, so where Japan, the other benefit of learning Japan as a Japanese is what a difficult nation as far as receiving the gospel. Very difficult. Very difficult. It's a great mission field, but extremely difficult. Lee? Yeah, Russian. Maybe 135 million. Huge nation. Not so many people relative to its size. But yeah. Okay, Russian. Yes. Thanks, Russ. I would put Arabic that. And why would we want to learn Arabic now, particularly? What would be a motivation as a Christian? Just so many unreached, such darkness. Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's great. Trist. Good. French. Hey, we're from Greenville. Where is the North American headquarters of Michelin? Greenville, South Carolina. And, North, and even BMW right there. We have 600 cars a day going out to plant. German. German. Yeah. Not an insignificant European number. Okay. So to begin thinking while your brain is young, you don't want to try to do this when you're 50-something like us. That's hard. It's really hard. As a 52-year-old to start learning uh, Mandarin, it's difficult. The brain is slower. So if you're under 25, say, Mom and Dad, I want to learn another language. Okay? Let me go to Ken, because you helped with the point, and that is this. As communal as Chinese culture is, they, you cannot have true community apart from the transforming power of the gospel. And I'm not saying you can't have a form or measure of community. No different than we can acknowledge that a husband and wife who are not Christians could love one another. And God's common grace extends to their marriage. Can we grant that? You understand what I'm saying? But a marriage that is to reflect its original God-intended purpose of always making statements about God and about this relationship of Christ and the church, a non-Christian marriage struggles to do that. Ch- Chinese community, as wonderful as it is, and we love that, needs the transforming power of the gospel to do more than what it presently does. Okay? And that's, a, that's really kind of a segue, even as we think of multiculturalism. It's not... We need the gospel to bring unity. When we come together on a Sunday with 15 different nations, we're really different. And this is, that's really stretched me. I'll be honest with you. The way the church is viewed, what community looks like, what worship looks like, how we communicate, very, very different 
for someone from the U.S. versus someone maybe from Australia, though fairly similar, to someone from Germany, to someone from Singapore. Very different. And it is the gospel, it's the glue that ultimately binds us together. I want to give you a fifth. We never graduate beyond our need to continue to master the art of love, of love. And love is, is, is kind of something that we've discovered in Beijing. There's so many different colors in this. It, it looks like really lavish hospitality of learning how to have people in your home. And that's not always the table. One thing we enjoy about being with Nick and Felicia, I call him the foodie pastor, okay? It's a guy that loves food. And I said, like, Nick, I said, we were at the breakfast table this morning. I said, Nick, I just realized you like to love people by cooking for them. He's like, yeah, yeah. He loves, he loves to extend food. I said, you don't want to take me shopping for a new suit. He's like, what's a new suit? <laughs> to him, a suit is a legal term, like a lawsuit. It's not something you wear. You never graduate beyond loving people. That looks like hospitality. But sometimes it looks like checking your biases against the way someone thinks from Singapore. Or maybe, Josh, you've, you've been, you made your trip to Nigeria, and you're exposed to people don't quite think the same way that we might think here. Or maybe from someone that's from New Mexico. Um, and it means not simply being generous with our material possessions, but being generous with grace and giving people the benefit of the doubt. And that in, a, in, in, in the way we communicate the power of the grace of the cross in our lives is that we listen when we're initially inclined to say, Man, I just don't get where you're coming from. I don't know if I said this last summer, but even in Ch- last year, what do we have, five more minutes? Ten? Seven? About ten? Tell me, I don't want to retell the story, but a year ago, did I share about how I struggled with for about two weeks, all the Chinese to me seem to be wearing the same glasses. Did you guys notice that? The, there's much of the same eyewear it's like they all went to the same eye doctor, okay? And, and so for about two weeks, I'd be on the subway. And I just had this edge, this attitude, like, can, not, can the Chinese not be more creative? Can they not have more of a sense of style than wearing, they all look alike. Their haircuts, their eyeglasses. And then this one day, it's like, it's just like, And it's like, Mark, you love so little. Your attitude, you're allowing someone's choice of glasses to be the primary impetus in the way you respond to them rather than what God has done for you at the cross. 
was like, this is so stupid. How can I be 50-something years of age, been a Christian for all this time, and I'm like bringing an attitude because of a way a 15-year-old Chinese guy, because of those glasses, I'm like, God, help me. You never graduate beyond the need to develop this art of love as a Christian. And you're expo- you get exposed for that when you go to a culture that's different than your own. Does that make sense? What you think is normal. Sorry. Chinese love to drink hot water about 12 months of the year. What do you want to drink? Yeah, it's July. Hot water. Are you kidding? We, I want iced tea. <laughs> I want something cold and lots of ice, you know? Honey, would you add anything for the moment? You started with a question about... What did they notice? Yeah. I had no takers. But now is the time. I want you to ask anything you want. And and you can direct your question to Cheryl, too. Thank you. It's, and honestly, Josh, that's um, growing community where people are in real relationship, where everybody is known by someone, where everybody has gospel friends, where we're not hiding. Lee and I were talking about that, like the, the last, the last about month nine of your marriage that he said, I realized like, man, there's no place to hide in marriage. You're kind of like, there it is, okay. We're wanting to encourage people by that community, by building community where people feel like they don't have to hide, that the grace of Jesus is so lavish that we can, we, can, we can come freely, we can confess our sins, we, we can just acknowledge that, that our hearts are desperately wicked, that we're under, undeveloped, that, that where we can say, hey, as a Christian man or as a Christian woman, I just have so far to go. Where I am now is where I wanted to have been 10 years ago. I'm still struggling with sins today I struggled with five years ago. And building that in a place where everyone uses mass transportation and you don't just jump in your car, very difficult. And so I'm always promoting. I'm always, I've learned, keep promoting, keep talking about communicating multiple times and weaving into our corporate life the things that are important in community as well. How about someone else? A question. Yep. Uh, what is C-R-E-S? I saw that a couple times. Yeah. That's a good question. That stands for China Reformed uh, Evangelical Seminary. Yeah. And it was from there that I Skyped with the church, and that's when Sam, some of you encouraged Sam and Jesse to consider coming a year ago. So it's funny that you should know that. It was November of 13. Real highlight of our lives to see men who, for about eight or nine weeks, were coming to... um, to an undisclosed location to study. And they would do four classes, two weeks each, and then one week of language, uh, which is so exciting. Can you imagine in China right now that there are native Chinese speakers that live in Beijing that go and teach Greek and Hebrew to those men gathered from the four corners of China? Just amazing. Is is that something that would be shut down? Yeah. 
So you don't know about it. You just leave. Just leave it right there. Good. It's good. Yeah. You don't really. David. Yeah. Yeah. Probably thirty are new from last year. That's been challenging. Um, and the the reason it's not a lot of people, but in the city the size of Beijing to have time with them, that's what's challenging. Yeah, it's a good question, Russ. Yeah, the the internet, our website, uh, word of mouth, um, and and one of we we I talked to everybody that I can about our church. If I'm on the subway, the subway's my office. You get it. It doesn't matter. If you don't look Chinese, I'll talk to you. Yeah. You know, it's just learn. I've just, I've just woven that into my, the, the kind of our habit of the way we live is, and I think in a Psalm 8 way, just viewing my fellow, our fellow man as um, our neighbor, that if, if we truly believe if we believe in the glories of heaven, if we believe in, like if we really believe that there is coming a day of judgment and that our neighbor's going to face the living God, then why should I not want to engage every single expat? And we do it. Starbucks are a great, by the way, great place to do that as well. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got a lightning round of questions. Okay. So like Go. One, one sentence. One I'm sentence response. Strangest foods that we have eaten. Yeah, maybe scorpion. Yeah, um, whole whole uh, cooked fish, guts and all. Cheryl didn't eat it, but it was delicious, no problem. It's really good. I liked it. Uh, average amount of time you spend traveling every day? A couple hours, it feels like it. We, we do one community group that's uh, uh, five hours. Five hours. Five hours, yeah. Uh, Every, go. Most difficult difference uh, between here and China? Uh, ta- well, do I, yeah. Well, Khan, Taman, Taman Shua Hanyu, Danshir Wubushua Hanyu. They speak Chinese and we don't. <laughs> that's like, that's a big difference, yeah. So many people to talk to. So many people to bring the gospel, the light and love of Jesus. I love that. Yeah. What has living abroad made you? I would say we are brands, to quote, I think from Zechariah, we are brands that have been plucked from the fire and we have incredible freedoms in this country to, we have had to, um, to do so many things. And one of those is just the freedom to do what we've done, which is to go to their country and to bring the gospel. And the other thing, I'm incredibly thankful for churches like this, uh, like, your, like Ephesus Church, that, that care about this coming here three years in a row. And just friend, gospel friends is so cool. Like to be able to see Sam and Jesse, Nick and Felipe, and some of you, Lee, three years in a row, and just feel like 
just that, you know how it is with an old friend? It's like an old sweater or a, uh, a blank. You just, there's an immediate sense of identity in Jesus. Yeah, love it. Uh, last thing, what is the biggest, if you could kind of identify, what's the it's for you. thing for you guys to pray, for us to pray about? Okay. I'm trying to live in a Yeah. So, two th- I would say two things briefly, in, in addition to what Cheryl said, is one, which I do want to go back to th- what I'm thankful for. I just have fallen in love again with Cheryl. I'm just so, having had two years, we just celebrated 30 years in June, but I just realized I'm very blessed to be married to her and to have great respect for her and her gifts and the way she loves me and, and the church, our children, the people of BBC. But pray for us as we just launch, help continue to launch our kids into full adulthood. That's a little harder from 8,000 miles. And the second thing is just souls. It's just that we would see Revelation 5, 9, and 10 lived out. That we would, that, that we would bring the, the word of God would come in saving power to the people who come in transforming power. But I want, we want to see people saved. I want, to be, I want to come back here a year from now until we baptize 8 or 10 or 12 people. I'd love that. I've never known Jesus, but who came to China and thought they were coming for a job, and God broke into their lives with His grace.